You're about to listen to an episode of What the Hell Just Happened. Join Paul Edwards and his guests as they discuss interesting HR topics and solve some of our listeners' submitted questions. And occasionally I'll go off HR topic and talk about whatever I want to talk about. Think barbecue, space exploration, technology, money, managing, business, things that interest all of us. We get a lot of emails with questions. Stay tuned for details on how you can submit yours to the show. And now, let's get started. Cece, uh, um, everybody sees, uh, I just start off the podcast. That's what I do. <laughs> We've been in the podcasting room, so I, I forget that I j- introduced Cece for the last uh, topic we did, which was fascinating. And you're going to have to figure that out on your own <laughs> if you're a listener. Which one is it? Which one is it that's fascinating? <laughs> I'll give, I'll give you an, a hint. It's about engagement. So this podcast, uh, this conversation we're going to have today is not about um, engagement. This is about um, quirky interview questions. And so, yeah. CC, you've got a lot of experience in this area. So CC is HR for the HR people over at Cedar HR Solutions. Um, on this episode of What the Hell Just Happened, we're going to uh, kind of talk about these stories. Uh, Stupid ass questions <laughs> that get asked inside of uh, in inside of interviews that are, are meant to like show you something. Um, I've seen a couple of articles come out yeah. on this. Um, I remember the one that was around like ten years ago, which was if I gave you an elephant. Oh my gosh! If I gave you an elephant, you couldn't what would do. What you do with yeah, it? Yeah, and you couldn't give the yeah. elephant away. And then, and then, what would you do with it? And my answer is, is I train the elephant to stomp you into the floor <laughs> standing in front of me. I mean, yeah. I don't know, you know, I don't know what the intent of that was, but most importantly, I don't know what the interviewer would do with the answers. Yeah, that one and the what would you do if you open the freezer and there's a penguin in it? Those are kind of the two. I that hadn't are heard really, that. Oh, I no? would scream <laughs> in delight. Have you ever been asked one of these questions? I have. <laughs> Well, this leads me to the question. This leads me to a story. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to see if I can. I want to see if I can shorten the story a little bit. This it's it's about an animal in a freezer. It has nothing <laughs> to do with what we're about to talk about. So this is many years ago, Cece. Uh-huh. My family's together. I'm young. My sister's even younger, and all the cousins and everybody are around. And we've rented a house on the river in rural North Carolina, in, in a little town called Little Washington, North Carolina. Grandparents are coming to the house and everything. You know, it's like yeah. the old days. We used yeah, to get yeah. the families together. And I now know North Carolina is considered the South. Yeah, North <laughs> Carolina is considered the South. Better than South Carolina, by the way. I'm sorry, <laughs> South Carolina. We're just, you know, we're one, we're, we're, uh, we're one step above, literally. Anyway, uh, we're having this big weekend, and um, there's an offer for ice cream or something. And back uh, back then, you could make your own ice cream, but we didn't do that. I'm not that old, but you could. We had an ice cream maker. <laughs> um, and so the adults went out for ice cream. And I don't remember how this exactly how this happened, but all the kids were left there, and we're varying ages. We're from, like, probably three years old to, mm-hmm. like, 14 or 15, and we're told, the young, older kids are told to, to watch the little kids and don't let them jump in the canal and drown or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and um, somehow, my sister puts a cat in a freezer. Oh, gosh. I don't remember the context of why it happened, uh-huh. but in the end, it wasn't like she's crazy or anything. There yeah. was some reason why she thought she was supposed to put the cat in the freezer. Okay. How so old was she? Sh- oh, Ish? four. Oh, she okay. had to get on. Yeah, I yeah. mean, she had to pull a chair over. Yeah, and and wow, so that's dedication. <laughs> it is dedication. She puts the cat in the freezer, 
which is, you know, in hindsight, terrible. Yeah. Um, but she puts the cat in the freezer, but the parents aren't gone that long, and they come back with the ice cream. And the only way that we knew the cat was in the freezer was that they opened the freezer to put the yeah. ice cream in it, and there's a cat. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the cat appears to have passed. Oh. Yeah. And they pull the cat out, and my grandma says, I, I think I can bring the cat back. And so um, it's North Carolina. There's grass everywhere. Every home has a lawnmower and a gas tank next to it because that's the way you mow the lawns. Mm-hmm. So my grandmother actually gets a little you – know, sends down someone, and they bring back a little cup of gasoline. She takes an eyedropper, and she puts a little tiny – this cat's just almost stiff, mm-hmm. laying on the table. She puts a little tiny drop of gas in the cat's mouth. And I swear to God, like five seconds later, that cat jumps up, (laughs) takes off. I mean, just like a cat does, runs like on the walls like twice and then runs up the drapes, gets to the top and then just drops. Ran out of gas. (laughs) Oh, my God. I hope this makes the podcast. You're supposed to say, what happened to the cat? Well, I was waiting for the either like a very sad I get, <laughs> moment. I get people on that all or, the time. Or some I sort love of, that story. Oh, I uh, didn't see the joke part coming. I uh, know you good. weren't supposed to see yeah. the joke part coming. <laughs> Not even a little. So, you know, she didn't put yeah. enough gas in the cat. Yeah. But yeah, okay, everybody. My sister did not put my sister's like, Jesus, <laughs> now I'm gonna get emails. All right. So uh what we actually are here to talk about today are the quirky interview yeah. questions. So my question to you yeah. um is have you ever put a cat in a freezer? No. Okay. So um a penguin in a freezer, I give you an <laughs> elephant. Yeah, this, uh, there's so many problems with these questions, mm-hmm. you know, and there was actually just a new study release that that made me think about doing this topic mm-hmm. for the podcast that were, that showed that um, high performers are really turned off by these questions. They're annoyed. Yeah, they don't like it. It's kind of almost like a... A display of dominance or power. That, they that's don't not like that. a because the interview process is a two way street. You want somebody who wants to be there, um, and so you should be showcasing your what you have to offer to the as an employer. As well. And and, yeah. and 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 do you, what would you do with a penguin? Is I don't I don't see how how that's relevant. I mean, and and think about this. If you're doing your job as a manager or as a hiring person, you're actually there's a high likelihood that if you've done a, a relatively decent job, you 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 went through about 50 people. And, yeah. and really, you hope that the four or five people that you're talking to are actually high performers. Absolutely. So the last thing you want to do is bring a technique into a high performer conversation and and and, uh, and, and, ups, and, and make it feel like you're just going to waste their time. Yeah. You know, I, um, I also don't understand it just from like an efficiency perspective because mm-hmm. – you anybody only have so who much time. anybody who does hiring, it is such a grueling process. Yeah, um, and even when it goes well, even when it goes well, yeah, it's it's such a time burden. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I'm interviewing somebody, all of those questions should have value, and we really do look at our questions anytime we refill a role and say, "Have we ever gotten anything out of this question mm-hmm. that was like an aha moment?" Or to did us? we miss a question that we uh, needed yes. to ask because this last applicant? I mean, we have a great we example. We do that. Yeah, yeah we, we just revised uh, one of our interview questionnaires based on why somebody who exited 
left. 10 years ago, we hired someone who had a ton of experience inside of a law firm. And we assumed that she had experience with um, very various uh, software programs mm -hmm. that it wouldn't matter, we could just set her down. Because most people you could sit down in front of a computer and they would be able to learn the programs. Yeah. And and her law firm she worked in didn't use anything <laughs> like that. It, she could open up Microsoft Word. Yeah. And well and so we didn't ask the question, what's your proficiency here? We certainly didn't test for the proficiency because we assumed and yeah. when we assume we make an ass out of you and me. <laughs> um, and and so the uh, I felt horrible because she felt horrible. Yeah. She after being there for eight days, she had to come clean mm -hmm. and say she was struggling. Well, we could see it in the background. Yeah. But I felt so bad because she left in tears mm. because she had come back into the workforce yeah. and now we had made her feel as if she wasn't worthy. Mm -hmm. And and um and that wasn't what we were trying to do at all. And that wasn't true. Right. She just wasn't right for that particular job. Exactly. Yeah. But so in addition to being just a complete waste of your time because yeah. you're not getting anything valuable out of it, mm -hmm. those are absolutely not a predictor of future performance the way behavioral Wait, interview questions are. I, I know. If you, if you worked at a zoo, oh, sure. what would you do if you came into the break room <laughs> and there was a penguin in the freezer? I think that would be a good question. I don't think any of our listeners are zookeepers. Probably not. Okay. I just wanted to make a point. True, true. Uh, true. Um, but they're not – usually these questions are not tied in any way to the actual job functions that yeah. the person's going to be performing. Um, the other real concern with them mm -hmm. is that they lead to making decisions based on biases. So mm -hmm. if somebody gives an answer that I think is hilarious – um, I might hire them might hire because everybody them. else was like, I don't know what I would do with a yellow fit. Right. Good point. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe that leads to some other conversation that isn't the traditional interview style questions. Mm -hmm. um, and now I'm maybe connecting with this person a little bit differently than I did somebody else because they gave this hilarious answer. And now I leave there feeling like I really like them. Which is not a reason to hire that someone. That's not why you hire somebody. Yeah. Yeah. If you have five people that are qualified and you pick the one you like, you just screwed up. Absolutely. You can say, I like this person mm -hmm. and you can eliminate someone by saying, I don't like that person. Yeah. That's it's It's okay to use the factor, but it should not be your determining thing, especially when you, you know, you're, you're kind of stuck. You got to bring people back in and ask them the penguin question. No, don't <laughs> ask them the penguin question. No, ask them another more behavioral interview uh, uh, style questions, mm -hmm. which, by the way, this is a question that is designed for them to demonstrate their proficiency or their experience in an area and to tell you how they handled something. Tell me about a time when you, yes. and no one in their right mind would say, tell me about a time when you were given an elephant and you couldn't <laughs> do anything. You know, no, nobody, nobody in their right mind is going to ask that question. Behavioral interview questions, which are designed to get people talking and to discuss relevant to the job, relevant to your culture, relevant to their skills. Mm -hmm. Those are good questions, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's where we want to be spending our time is on those types of questions. Um, the, the other tactic that I've seen actually more frequently than you would assume, because mm -hmm. I think this is bizarre, uh, is people who will give somebody like a puzzle or something to mm -hmm. work on while they're answering the questions. Mm -hmm. Um, and Paul, I imagine, I don't know whether or not you think that you're a great multitasker, but I imagine that you think that you do a good job at this podcast. And I would agree with that. She's, she has to say I that. Th 
I think if I gave you a puzzle to do while we were recording this podcast, your contribution would significantly decrease. Or if I was on my phone right now. Yeah. Or or whatever. Or, yeah, or so I was responsible for recording this right now. And I was trying to make sure our levels and we were doing everything right. Yeah. So I'm not sure what the like game plan be- behind the giving somebody a puzzle to work on while you're having the conversation is. But uh, unless that is some sort of realistic preview of what they're going to be doing on the job, um, the person who is going to be able to... BS their way through that conversation Mm -hmm. (laughs) while they're doing the puzzle is probably actually not the person that you want. You want the person who's going to be able to be focused Mm -hmm. and wants to be engaged in the conversation with you and and probably doesn't want to be doing those two things at the same time. You you triggered something else for me. If you're listening out there, uh, CeCe's talking about multitasking. And so just understand that when you multitask, according to the scrum principle, which is a very well understood principle... The more that that if you have ten th- if you have five things to do and you multitask the five things mm-hmm. at the same time, it takes you ten times yeah. longer to perform each one of the each one of the things. Now we all can't we can't get out of multitasking. Right. I, it just it's it's there. Yeah. But just understand that when you say you're good at multitasking, you're not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might be good at it, but yeah. what you're being good at is making things take ten times longer than if you concentrate. So you're always wanting to bring that back down. Now I digress. Because because we used uh, multitasking as an example of something that someone might try. Mm-hmm. I don't. I mean. I mean. I bet there's an application for let's have them do three things at once and see how they do in each one of these things. Maybe yeah. a pilot. I don't know. But then again, I know how pilots fly, and although they are multitasking as they're going, things are done in an SOP and they're set. And once one thing's set, you can leave that and not worry about it anymore. Move to the next thing. There's a takeoff, a landing, and and all the things that are in that. So even then, the multitask are broken down into one thing at a time. Yeah, that's. A, I think that a lot of times when people talk about multitasking, mm-hmm. what they really mean is sequencing. Yeah. So are you good at identifying like this process or report or something takes maybe three hours to run? Because especially if you work in finance, that could be a realistic thing. So I'm going to set it at this time because I'm going to need it three hours later. And then here's all the things that I know I can get done in this amount of time. And that's a valuable skill is being able to identify we should charge. where your gaps we should and charge. times are. We should charge for what you just said. <laughs> we should. Yeah. I'm serious. If you're listening out there and you didn't pick that up, say it again. Say it again. Even more succinctly. <laughs> Sequencing. It, yeah, sequencing. Not we're not we're usually not looking for multitasking. We are looking for somebody who has the critical thinking ability to sequence their work efficiently. And how would you frame a question for that? Um, well, I mean, you we do often ask, tell me about a time that you had multiple priorities uh-huh. and how you organize those. Because that's what I want that's to hear. That's the sequencing is, that you want yeah, to Yeah. How did you organize them? What was your prioritization, prioritization process? So you don't even care about the hows or the outcomes. You just want to hear them say, well, what I usually do is I take the thing that's due this morning and I got to tackle that. Yeah. I'll look at the thing that's due this afternoon. Yep. If people are waiting on 
me. I will uh, look at all the tasks at hand and reach out and say, I can't get this to you today, but I can get it to you by tomorrow. And then I have a system, my own system. Exactly. For, that's what you're looking for. Exactly. Okay. So we were talking about quirky interview questions mm -hmm. when what we really meant to talk about <laughs> is, is you should ask good damn questions yeah. and don't waste your time and yeah. the other person's time, right? Isn't that yeah, what we're talking about? absolutely. So if you search this Cedar website, um, CC, I think they search this Cedar website, they'll find behavioral interview guidance. They'll find a bunch of mm -hmm. uh, questions that we've modeled for for uh, for anybody who who wants it. A bunch of questions we've modeled for people to be able to take and make their own. Yeah. Okay. So this podcast, what the hell just happened in HR, is is some some. Somebody asked some stupid question of a really qualified candidate and annoyed them so much that they left thinking, I can't work for a company yeah. that would ask me about penguins and elephants <laughs> when I'm, I'm supposed to come in here and be a leader and do these other things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, everybody. Like with everything else, just uh, be intentional. Educate yeah. yourself when it comes to doing this sort of thing. You're, you're not, none of us are great at it every time. The more we do it, it's like a hiring muscle. Mm -hmm. Develop good, good uh, behavioral interview questions and be consistent in them. And then you'll get consistent feedback from your pool of candidates. And it'll make it more likely, not less likely, that you pick the right person for the job. Absolutely. Wow, that was very HR. Um, <laughs> Kenny, if you're still awake out there, man, I'm sorry about this, but we, we really <laughs> needed to talk about these stupid interview questions. Oh, <laughs> um, CC, as always, I appreciate you. Thanks, Paul. Frankie, uh, we don't say it enough, man. Thanks yeah. for getting our recordings down and uh, and uh, everything's just sounding so much better. And just, I just, we just really appreciate Frankie and his production on the Absolutely. systems. All right, everybody. Hope you have a good day. Get out there and, and uh, get that cat out of your freezer. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of What the Hell Just Happened. If you have an HR issue, question, or just want to add a comment about something Paul said, record it on your phone and send to podcast at wthjusthappened.com. We might even ask if we can play it on the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe and join us again next week.